welcome to another episode of The Smart Mouth. Thanks for taking the time to check us out. Today we are talking about, you know, we've talked a lot about civil discord um, on our show. We've talked about um, the temperature of our country and how things have become pretty divided, you know, and people are, you know, there's issues with families, friends, there's issues on Facebook. And so we thought we would talk a little bit about that and um, trying to find some common ground with, you know, we're all, we all want the same outcome. We all want the same things for our children, our families, our lives. And how can we come to this, this common ground? And so often the fighting and the banter, it's just, it's unproductive. It breeds totally. resentment and um, people are divided. Nothing's getting accomplished, you know? So on this show, we're gonna do something we haven't done before. We're gonna go hyper-local. We usually sort of- Hyper. Stay, we're gonna go hyper. That's good. I know. <laughs> uh, but we usually try to keep it kind of top level, but we have something that's happening in our own community that is sort of reflects the climate, the national climate. And um, it's got us a bit concerned because yeah. we're seeing, you know, you know, people arguing in front of drugstores. We're hearing mm-hmm. about doors being slammed in people's faces. And mm-hmm. um, we're kind of surprised that this is happening in our own community over an issue that seems pretty clear cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems so like indicative and, and mirror-like to like what's happening nationally. So so even though it's hyper-local, we wanted to, we wanted to talk about it because it's, things are happening in, in, in everybody's town and in everybody's level, you know? And um, we wanted to take the time to talk about that and see how people are like they kind of stick in their tribes and they don't really take the time to really get down to the nitty-gritty of things you know I agree it's harder to seek out the facts especially when you're kind of dug in with your group of friends in your echo chamber and it's like right. oh this is okay this is what I believe and so it is it does take another step to go seek out information whether it's a national election or it's a local election but it's it's what you have to do. It's your responsibility as a citizen to do that. So as we got closer and closer and the, the temperature sort of raised around our local election, we're like, we got to talk about this because mm-hmm. people are getting way too upset. So if you can believe it, all of this is over a high school referendum. I know. Who would think? Seriously. Who would think that people would get this upset over a high school referendum? I know. But it's really heated. I know. Super heated. Did, you heard about the drugstore situation so we got to talk about it so this referendum um there's there's two camps there's there's a long history with this referendum we have two fabulous guests here they're going to help us understand the history of the the referendum but in a nutshell basically there's a yes camp that wants a 139 million dollar referendum to go through um they believe that well that it is true that there have to there are safety um security ada compliance stem learning uh situations and pool improvements that need to be made um there will be a, an increase to t- uh, property taxes and uh if we don't do it there's going to be cuts to sports and activities the no group thinks it's unfair it's wasteful it's unaffordable so and and as we have in the past talked about like and we said it today even get educated there are websites uh in both camps um figure out what each side is saying, but then like go to the D86 website. There's tons of great information there that talks about exactly line by line where the dollars are going. And it's not a bias like, hey, I'm gonna vote yeah, so go to my website and just learn about what I have to say or vote no and go to my website. But still, you should go check it out. Um, Become educated because that's how you make your best decisions. Absolutely. So we are so grateful to have two guests here today with us. They are both local district residents. They're both informed voters. 
And they're both coming with really solid research perspectives that we think need to be shared with the community. So we would like to welcome Madhu Palath and also Jeff Waters. Um, so we're gonna start with Madhu, uh, who we have, we just wanna talk to somebody about their journey um, through the past two, now third referendum with kind of managing all the information and how he's sort of come to the conclusion that he has. So thank you so much for joining us, Madhu. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Um, so tell just tell us about your experience with this referendum. Yeah, sure. So um, so I moved into Darien, uh, which feeds into uh, District 86, uh, feeds into Hinsdale South mm -hmm. High School. I moved there with my family um, in 2014. And we specifically move there like most families a lot of times for schools. If you have kids, that's a big factor. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be in an area with diversity, um, ethnic diversity, but also cultural and, and financial, just mixing with mm -hmm. different types of people. And, and we think we found that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was uh, part of the 2016 referendum, or I started becoming a little bit more more informed with that referendum uh, that took place and to be honest with you I got a lot of uh, detail a lot of information from uh, the group that was uh, uh, proposing to not to vote down the referendum okay um, so initially um, you know their messaging was based on inequities curriculum inequities racial inequities um, and it was very detailed. So that concerned me, especially mm -hmm. uh, the main reason for our family uh, moving in was based on uh, to get to, to, to come into a society or a culture that had diversity. Right. And so when you hear That's inequity, nice. those are kind of trigger words. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at, at first I was thinking, well, this, this isn't a good thing. Why are these problems happening? Yeah. So I did do a little bit of research on some of the things that they were addressing and without getting bogged down into too much detail um i did try transition a little bit of my thinking um based on some of the things that you guys pointed out checking out other resources um holding both sides accountable and one of the reasons why i started to challenge that no side or transform my thinking a little bit was um i really didn't see um why their issues or how their issues really related to the ultimate goal of this referendum, which is to improve our schools, mm -hmm. both Hinsdale South and Hinsdale Central. Okay. Mm -hmm. Safety, security, infrastructure. Um, I think Dr. Law, the superintendent, said it best in one of the meetings, uh, whether you fill fill South first is, is a group, mm -hmm. but whether you fill one of the schools to capacity whether you add another 200 kids, whether you move the boundary lines, which I will humbly say I'm not an expert on, and I, I, I'm not gonna challenge that one way or another. That mm -hmm. may be a valid issue, mm -hmm. but the boilers uh, hasn't been replaced since 1960. So whether you put a few hundred kids here or there, whichever way, you still gotta fix those boilers. Right. Um, the fact that Hinsdale Central, which my kids will not go to, but they have one locker room for boys and girls. You can shift people around here and there, but that's kind of sad. That needs yeah. to be addressed. It is what it is. Right? It is right. what it is. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where my thinking started to, and you know, where I started to think, wait, maybe there's another way here. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then as the weeks went by, it was uh, different messaging. I just felt there wasn't consistent messaging from the no side. First, it was the pools. Okay. Uh, then it was, um, you know, the board or, or curriculum inequities. Um, South has teaches history differently than Central. Um, again, those issues may be valid, mm -hmm. but I, I wasn't able to see how does that tie into spending $5 million to improve our safety and security, and then another $30, $40 million for disability or uh, for handicapped dis disability device. access, exactly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for uh, improving the STEM labs. Mm -hmm. um, I started to feel like maybe they're using these issues as a tactic, a political mm -hmm. tactic. I don't know that for sure, so I certainly don't want to uh, assume that, but right. that was the only logic I could see that maybe, you know, let's not do this until you answer these other questions. Right. And so that that um, really got me thinking. And then I have some family, uh, friends, and parents from my uh, kids that I started to talk to that have in the daring community and uh, I started to get more information from the D86 website um, and the messaging was consistent and it was very much directly related to improvements at the schools to what the intention of the referendum is mm -hmm. which is yes we're going to need to spend money yes this isn't going to be free nothing is free uh, the community will have to come together and make a financial sacrifice mm -hmm. all of us mm -hmm. in in the Hinsdale South and Hinsdale Central community. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that really kind of, I went from, oh, let me question these things to full-blown conviction that I'm voting for this, which is why I was very happy to do this today, is just the deceptive advertising mm -hmm. on the other side. Um, mm -hmm. One example is property taxes. Uh, we're getting, I'm sure everybody is getting flyers basically mm -hmm. saying, uh, if you have an, one example, I think, is if you have an assessed value of equalized assessed value of $400,000, your property taxes will go up seven, yeah. uh, $700. Right. Right. Um, most people don't think in terms of equalized assessed value. Most people, when they think about their homes, they're thinking of fair market value. What's right. my home going to sell for? Right. Equalized assessed value is used for property tax calculation, right. and I'll leave it at that because I'm not an expert. I know, even means. looking at the tax bill, you're like, what? Yeah, okay. so, but the bottom line is it seemed obvious, well, why are they advertising that yeah. way? Because it's a lot it's a lot nicer if you're on the no side to show, well, on the low range, you're going to spend $700 annually. That's a pretty big number, yeah. and that's on the low range, right. and then it went up to like 1200 Well, in Darien, that that 400 equalized assessed value, that equates to like a $700,000 home, which you're just not going to see that too often. Right. So the deceptive advertising, I think that kind of was the straw that broke my back where it was like, you know, I, I have no problem seeing good, hard facts um, because I'm sure uh, even if we vote yes, I'm sure it's not a perfect process. That's right. Um, right. But you have two choices, and I have a son that's going to be a freshman at Hinsdale South, um, and this to me seems the logical choice. So, well, that's that's what we're talking about. Like, you did you did your work, right? You you not only went and said, "Oh, this is what the no says," this is what the yes says, but you went on the D D eighty six website. You got the facts, 
as best and interpreted them as best as you knew them to be for yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think my attitude was kind of coming at it with humility because we were new into the community. Um, when I got the no information, I wasn't defensive at all. And I think maybe I had an advantage being new mm-hmm. in the community versus sure. a lot of uh, uh, parents, you know, that either in Central or South community have been here for 20, 30 years. So emotions run high, mm-hmm. kind of what you were speaking to earlier, where we kind of flock to our herds. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that. So. I was able to look at it with an open mind um, and see both sides of it. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I like where you came from in the sense of your original thought of where you chose to move, and because you wanted diversity, and and immediately when someone throws out inequity and any kind of those are just those buzzwords, are just yeah. we have super yeah. big buzzwords, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely taking sort of that national climate that we're talking about and playing on people's. worries or insecurities and just going for it to get what their end result is so um jeff we have questions for you also that we kind of went out to the community and we said to people if you could ask questions of uh people proponents of the referendum that maybe you don't want to ask in a town hall or maybe they're you feel like the question is sort of second guessing maybe what your tribe might think or you know sure what are they? And so people gave us some questions, um, and we want to run these by you. So, um, base the, the, the yeah, you're on the hot seat. The basic question, and Uh-oh. this is a general question. And I think it's a legitimate question, but look, can you tell us, in a nutshell, how do we get here? Why are we in this situation? So we live here in District 86, which is the combination of seven communities, including Hinsdale, Oakbrook, Clarendon Hills, Darien, Burridge, Willowbrook, and a part of Westmont. And most school districts defeat referendums the first time around because communities are always looking for the board to sharpen their pencil. They typically do. The community's been heard and they pass a referendum. Um, However, here in District 86, we have a handful of people, literally less than five, who have ulterior motives to tank these referendums over time without getting too specific. And via misinformation, be it on the internet or in local newspapers, probably dating back to 2012 or 2013 when one particular gentleman became a part of the Board of Education who eventually killed a tax levy, which has now cost us $6 million to date. Coincidentally, the first year cuts are $4 million, which wouldn't have to happen if that didn't happen. But nonetheless, the misinformation that comes out from the No campaign has clouded the judgment of voters throughout the district. Most districts don't contend with this sort of misinformation campaign, and yet we have one here. The messaging is succinct. It appeals to rational thought, albeit it's inaccurate misinformation bordering on fraudulence. But unless you do that homework, right? Like, but like but some as people far do, as they as don't get it. The need for the money. So that's what it goes back to: a tax levy that was canceled. Well, I guess basically. when I when I bring up the tax levy, I'm just trying to, you know, bring credence to the fact that one of the gentlemen who's opposing the referendum was a departed Board of Education member who at the time killed a tax levy. Okay. He, I'm sorry, he proposed what's called a zero tax levy, which rendered our board unable to raise taxes okay. to, to drive revenue for particular expenses. Okay. And just as a coincidence, the first year cuts are four million bucks. Okay. The balance is 38. That four million wouldn't need to be cut had we still had that levy because mm-hmm. we've lost I six see. million because of it. I'm just trying to give you a little history yeah. of the board. The reality is the board 
of education is full of honest, hardworking people from across the district. Sure. And most Board of Education meetings all across Illinois typically have a handful of people in attendance, which is a reflection of trust right. in the people we elect and who our neighbors are. But in our district, with all the misinformation that's been passed around in the last literally six years, certainly what which has accelerated the last six months, yeah. the, the uh, thought process of the average voter is quite distorted because of it. Okay. So another question we had is, you know, we're all so, you know, down the rabbit hole with so many details and so much information. I think if you go at 50,000 feet and people truly understand how much the tax increase actually is, people might say, oh, wait, what? That's, we're all of this for that? I mean, granted, nobody likes their taxes to go up. Correct. I don't, you don't, no one wants their taxes to go up. But when we start talking about the legitimate uh, reality of what the tax increase is, market value, assessed value. Tell us what the tax increase would be for somebody, say, with a $250,000 house. So it's about 125 bucks per year for 20 years, which is $2,500 over 20 years. Okay. So on 250, it's 125, 50 times two and a half, it's, it's 125 bucks for that house uh, market value times 20 years, which is $2,500 over a 20 year run. That number has been exaggerated a little more than what you mentioned earlier, Madhu. Mm -hmm. that, that number, according to the orange rat flyer that the other side has distributed, is exaggerated to the tune of 3.2 fold. Oh, wow. yeah. So where oh they say God. X, where we say X, which is on the Board of Education website, they're coming out with 3.2X, which is a derivative of market value. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, assessed value, not, like Madhu mentioned, not market. market and just so people know, if you live in a house okay. that's worth 500 you're assessed as about 166, one third. Oh, so when okay. they say X, they're not mentioning that's for a house three times mm. more valuable, but they're not saying that. So the particular person walks away thinking their liability <laughs> is 3.2 times higher because they see their house is worth you know 250 when really that's a assessed value from a 750 okay. market. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. wow. So again, about 50 bucks per 100,000. <sighs> the referendum now and in November, was held hostage by the fiscal climate here in the state and in sure. the country, and and they prey on that on the no side. Sure. And long story, you know, long story short, the, the these seven towns I mentioned earlier have some of the lowest property taxes in mm -hmm. the Chicagoland area, behind only I believe Lake Forest, but nobody knows that. Our okay. taxes, which go up so marginally, I believe it's two point four percent if this passes, they still stay at that second to lowest rate. Okay. In Chicagoland, because we've been on a referendum vacation since 1962. 1962. So, yeah, that was, and following yeah. on that, um, a lot has been said about we have the highest paid <coughs> teachers in the state. Correct. Talk about that. We're, we fall about 75th to 80th percentile, depending if you strip out particular magnets versus, you certainly take out the Catholics. Okay. But on a public perspective, it's about 70th, 75th to 80th percentile. Our neighbors to the east in Lyons Township High School, they pay their teachers more. Okay. So we're not we're certainly not the highest paid teachers, but even if we were closer to the higher paid teachers for two schools in the top twenty every year, right? It wouldn't be such a shame to have high paid teachers. Mm -hmm. Albeit we don't. They're about the seventy fifth or eightieth percentile. And just out of curiosity, just for us to know, like so is any of this salaries, uh, pensions, any of this money that any of the referendum uh, that's one of the questions. Oh, absolutely not. There's not uh, there's not one dollar for the referendum uh, going towards teachers or the unions. And for what it's worth, not to spend so much time, you know, 
criticizing the no side, but they try to bring in this anti-rhetoric or this, this anti-rhetoric with respect to schools and teachers and unions. The teachers contract can't be touched in District 86 until the spring of 2020. It's not even on the table. And to your point, maybe, or to your question, it's not even available for a cut okay. or an increase right now. Not $1 goes towards that in the referendum. Okay. Another question that we had was, um, if my kids are grown or they go to private school, why, why do I care about this? Why should I pay more? My kids are already done with that. Well, I mean, there's a there's a few levels you try to appeal to people who have empty nesters or senior citizens. One of them, of course, is pay it forward. This is a community that served you well, which probably served your kids well. But you know, more importantly, and frankly, the tie that binds all of us in the district, whether you live on the north end or the south end or the west or the east, is real estate. And to the extent you don't invest in your schools, your real your real estate will suffer in value. Uh, there are studies out there. They say. 22% is the level of depreciation for schools that have ultimate failures with <coughs> referendums. And you can expect a 6% market rate appreciation to the extent they do. So bottom line is if you're in that particular category, you need to also consider the real estate you're, you're sitting on. Not to mention when referendums do fail and things do get cut, there's a tremendous amount of studies. Most recently, the Princeton study that came out in 2017 linking teenage depression um, drug use, suicide, and pregnancy to a lack of activities, which of course we're facing if this referendum fails. Right. So let's talk about that. So if it if it's a no, um, you know they they made a list. There's a list that's out of uh, the, the activities that will be cut. So they are. So they've they've cut an cut. array, and they right. and they're not going to be cut if it fails. They were cut in December of seven. Uh, excuse me, December of eighteen. Okay. And they range from sports to activities, including um, National Honor Society was cut, year yearbook was cut, the newspaper was cut, dance, palm, cheer, <coughs> wrestling, uh, football, swimming for both boys and girls. You know the list does go on. Marching, I'm, I'm, marching, uh, yeah. marching band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably a few other things. Yeah. So the the cuts were. The cuts were across the board. I think what's interesting is, again, obviously payroll to teachers and staff is one of the biggest line items in a school's budget. Mm-hmm. Can't touch it until 2020. So in the interim, what do you want to do? You can cut activities or you can cut other <coughs> things. But for people who are pundits who think they can reverse the cuts, the reality is they're not going to. But make the assumption they did. It will touch the children in some way. Mm-hmm. And the Board of Education stood up and said, we are here to provide a comprehensive education to the student body. We are first and foremost trying to provide the best academic culture we can. Mm-hmm. If activities come along with that, wonderful. If not, they're the first thing to go so we can maintain that level of excellence academically. Wow. Uh, the other thing we're hearing a lot from people is that they won't actually cut football. That's the one that comes up the most. People are like, they'll never cut football. They'll never cut football. What do you say to that? Well, so the reason, the reason all these sports came up, especially football, was because it's, it's a large dollar um, sport. So the first proposal was to cut, for example, 20% across the board. But when you cut 20% of, say, bass fishing and bowling, you might wind up with a few hundred bucks in your pocket and you're not getting enough out of football. So one of the reasons they went out there was a big money sport. So is swimming. But the reality is the biggest reason they went after football was as a a function of compliance with Title IX to give boys and girls the right access to sports. It doesn't have to be one-to-one participation, but it does need, need to give the girls equal access to participate if they so choose up, choose to. Uh, if I the see. girls don't sign up and force, that's fine. Okay. But if the girls aren't given the opportunities, that's a problem. So they said, we can't go after swimming because now we're immediately knocking girls down one-to-one for boys. So they knocked down okay. football for that and for the standpoint and of- And wrestling. 
in wrestling for the standpoint of uh, Title IX. But to answer your question, people say they won't be cut. Um, again, what they're, what they're maintaining as a board of education is we're not going to cut other things because we're going to have to come close to the student body and it, in terms of education, which they don't want to do. It's incredible. And, and on the lines with the pool, I mean, peop, the I've gotten literature in the mail saying the pool is extravagant. Olymp- I know, I know. Olympic size. I right. know along um, this journey, <laughs> there's been a couple iterations of the pool, but where, where's the pool at now? What's the pool that's proposed? So, you know, if you look at the um, recent flyer from the No campaign, they would show you a particular image from 2000, early in 2018 of an eight or 10 lane pool which is not what, we're, what, what is being proposed. Hinsdale South already has a pool which is in functioning order. However, however, it's not deep enough. So they're increasing the depth. They're blowing out the wall, I believe, to the north. And then they're gonna expand that, expand the pool, make it deeper to uh, comply for, the, for safety purposes for the divers. At Central, they're tearing down the current pool, putting it on campus somewhere else, but it will only be a six lane pool, which is certainly not an Olympic pool which the and no side would like you to think like otherwise. Like to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so what about the, this is another one that's come out, the no campaign says there's plenty of money to do all of this in the reserves. So I, to be honest, I wouldn't want to speak too much on educational finance. I do know a decent amount with respect to Peter and Paul, and Peter would be run, working capital where Paul would be, uh, okay. would be reserves, and it's not. Okay. Unless we are interested in going deeper into the reserves, I'm not going to throw a number out because I don't want to be inaccurate, but sure. there might be a couple, two, three million that we can get, but okay. we'll, we'll quick, we will quickly um, risk our credit rating. Okay. And of course, if we start getting into that sure. level, our interest rate goes higher on the current debt that we have. And on that, to that With, point, is yeah. this a good time to be borrowing money because of rates? I mean, this would... Well, I, I think the, you know, the board has, they, they have researched their ability to get uh-huh. more, de- to issue more debt. But to the extent they go into, to the extent the referendum fails and Peter and Paul are already fairly tapped, they're going to have a hard time getting a similar rate that they currently have. Okay. Not to mention market conditions have marginally higher rates over time. But, right. but the, I guess the long and short of it is people think there's all this money laying around in, in the, you said, reserves or working capital, and it's just not true. It's misinformation. So with the misinformation, it like, is there recourse to... And, you know, like it, it, it's hard. I mean, it, it's a you know, it's a Go free out country. And vote. Yeah. Educate yourself. Yeah. It's smart. Yeah, right. Because it's a free country. People can say what they want, whether it's true or not. Right. So I don't know what what you guys are seeing out there. As far as I know, you're you're super into what what each side's doing. Is there any recourse? Can you you know, someone actually say like, hey, that's not true. How do you how do you how do you combat that? By the time the referendum is going to hit in two or three weeks, to the extent you want to litig- you would like to litigate against such claims, it's certainly something that can be done, but it will certainly prove fruitless by the time we get to referendum, right. according to some you know lawyers and whatnot. But you know, the, just to give you a couple tidbits that you know, the pool, for example, that's being built at Central Six Lanes that they pretend portend to be ten. They also had a flyer that had eight different pool options in and around the district. Five seasons, lifetime, this place, that place, the private facility being built up on Ogden and Blackhawk. All of those facilities were vetted by the Board of Education. And the answer was no, we can't do it. No, we can't do it for a handful of reasons, including IHSA Mm. compliance. And yet just two days ago, there was a flyer from the no side saying, why don't we go to one of these eight places? 
all those things have been vetted and they're not possible. So mm-hmm. that, to your, to your point, maybe that's the misinformation we fight. Right. We fight the orange rat flyer with the threefold tax um, fabrication. Uh, but as far as litigation, at least in the short run, definitely don't be well, able, you able had to do. The, yeah, and you had the best response. I mean, voting, that that's your power. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, I think educating yourself and kind of like what Jeff is saying, he's he's educating us right now. I mean, I, some of those details I wasn't even aware of, but I think just I canvassed around the Darien neighborhood a couple times, and I didn't get many, but I got a few people that, you know, took the time to listen for a few minutes and once they learned, oh, okay, this isn't what the flyer says, um, they didn't care. They didn't say, yeah, I'm going to vote yes, but they said, you know what, I'm going to think about this. Mm-hmm. And that's where it has to start. You have to start with just being able to listen to each other um, very simply and then see where it goes. And unfortunately, we're kind of in a culture right now nationally and, you know, like what we're talking about now locally where – that's just become very, very difficult to do. And, and even the tone um, outside of the de- deceptive advertising um, on the other side, it, it's the tone, the tone that's inferring that the board is trying to cheat us, that we're being swindled. Um, that works, unfortunately. It's, mm-hmm. it's working on a national level with our politics. And obviously it worked to a certain degree um, because we're at the third referendum now. Um, so even when I talk to people, I talk to them like I'm talking to you, mm-hmm. even if they come at me defensively. I, I had a few doors slammed in my face mm-hmm. and I just smile um, because our tone matters too. Um, just trying to relate to one another yeah. and say, okay, I understand you don't want to pay. Um, you know, even if it is a couple hundred bucks a year, that, that can be it's a significant lot. money right. depending on where you are on the spectrum right. sure. with your financial situation so you know i think it's important to not trivialize things on whatever side you're on right but just to lay it out there and say okay you have two choices we don't have five um right. just like you have two choices <laughs> to vote presidentially yeah um you know sometimes i wish we had more like they do in europe um but you have two so it does become difficult mm-hmm. so you, you kind of have to sit there and weigh all your options and say okay I've waited all. I got to pick one of these right. two rather than kind of hiding in your camp and just right. speaking to the same people that's just going to pat you on the back and right. make you feel better, <laughs> which right. is what we do. Right. And so if somebody ha- has the time to listen to this podcast in private, in your own headphones, um, with no one around you judging you, where should they go to find information they can trust that they feel is unbiased? What's the best resource? I think the D86 website is a great resource because it breaks down um, a lot of these uh, facts in a very succinct manner. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, it's, especially at this stage, we've got two weeks, right. it can be overwhelming to get into a lot of minutia detail. And mm-hmm. I like the website because it breaks down, here's the tax impact, even the dollar allocation, um, mm-hmm. it breaks it down at a high level so you can see this is where, uh, a more, this is where the dollars are gonna go. Um, and I, I like that website a lot. Yeah, and I do my best work at working in outreach. <clears throat> the echo chamber you want to stay out of. You want to go to where people are voting now, and you want to find out what their perspective is. And sure. you know, raising awareness through education has gotten more people to quote unquote roll over to the yes side. It's not a matter of 
saying someone's wrong and someone's right, but when you educate people, they make good decisions, and it, it's been it the just happens. It's, yeah. been, it's been the best part of, right. of, of working on the campaign. So you get in a very unthreatening situation. If you yep. listen to this show, you can go to the website in private, come to your own conclusion. You can go in that voting booth and vote how you feel is the right way to vote, and no one. I mean, you come to your own conclusion. So we we urge everyone to do their research and reach out and ask questions and. And one other thing I would say is you can also check out the uh, d86voteyes.org site. It's a, it's it's a site obviously you know championed by the yes side, mm-hmm. but all the all the information is obje- objective. But if you're on the yes side and you have any questions, ask someone on the no side. But if you're on the no side and you want to make sure you're right, reach out to someone in social media on the yes side or a neighbor. Absolutely. Because that ability to cross the aisles a lost art. We need to get it back. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for thank talking you. to us today. I think you both brought a great perspective to this in a calm manner that people can sort of... And hopefully learn a lesson from. <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> let's uh, let's move forward with this. And um, thanks again for your time. And Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks.